This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We make money the old-fashioned way. We chemically convert lead into gold. Good morning, Night Vale. Hello, Night Vale audience. Good morning, Night Vale audience. Someone who is confused and accidentally downloaded this. My name is Meg Bashfiner, and I should never be tech support. Uh, my name is Hal Lublin, and I probably should not be your diet coach. And hi, I'm Symphony Sanders, and I'm super into crypto. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about the blockchain. Forget the episode. Blockchain, NFTs, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what any of that means. Anyways, um, but in actuality, we are all actors for the Hit Popular Podcast. Welcome to Night Vale. And we are here painstakingly going through each and every episode to dissect and use our expertise in this field to talk about each episode of Night Vale, a show that we all know and love because we're fun and that's what we do for a living. (laughs) And today is Thursday, January 27th in the year of our Spaghetti Monster 2022. Deuce, deuce, baby. And it is currently (laughs) 8.21 p.m. Central Time. And this is episode 103, Ash Beach, and here is the original episode description. After a dozen years of restoration, Ash Beach has reopened. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, Ash Beach, knowing that we're all, you know, in a desert and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. We know there's no water there, but they have a beach, but the all the visuals for it are like kind of like post-apocalyptic or like, what is that? I don't know that like propaganda from like time, the time when like the nuclear arms race was like really strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a, um, like duck and cover and shit. Yeah. A post-apocalyptic kind of, yeah. Like a wasteland. There's a nuclear, like it's a wasteland. There's no water. It's a charred beach. Teenage wasteland. Yeah, it's it's real grim. Yeah. Real grim. Was it ever a beach? What makes a beach? A beach requires water. Right, I think so. I think a beach yeah. requires water meeting sand. Although some people have argued when they've and usually it's people from Florida. No offense. <laughs> some offense. <laughs> I have complained every time like people that I know who from Florida have come to Chicago and the beach they're like, Well, this is a lakefront, it's not a beach. I'm like, bitch. That is natural. That is sand. That is natural sand. We have dunes uh, in Michigan. It's not like we bust this in from anywhere else. It is natural. Like sand to water, that's beach, no? 
It's not like you're walking up to a mud pit. I I would imagine so. I think it's or or is beach and ocean, and then anything else that's a shore, which is why it's called Lakeshore Drive instead of Lake Beach Drive. That's silly. <laughs> but then there's the Jersey Shore, which is the ocean. But that's on the ocean. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the Atlantic Ocean. And that's a beach? Yeah. I think the shore refers, to, I don't know. Yes. And and how? Well, the shore is where the water meets. That's where the water meets the it's the sand, right? <laughs> the rubber meets the road. That's where the water really meets the sand. Well, doesn't have to be sand though, because it could be rocks. Yeah. like there's rocky beaches. There is rocky beaches. Pebbles, glass, mud. But then, if there's a puddle, does a puddle have a shore? No. Yes. I don't know. What if you're an ant? But this water doesn't. But the water doesn't like go away. Like in a puddle, the water would like dissolve away or like soak into the earth or whatever or like mm. disperse but like a I, I don't know why we are arguing like we are motherfucking geologists my friends somebody <laughs> who knows better than us is there a definite definition for a beach other than like does it make a difference whether it's the beach of like a giant great lake versus a ocean beach do we have any beachologists who listen sorry go Be- ahead. no a beachologist that that would be very helpful mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, this is definitely not a beach because there's no water at all. I say at Mm-mm. least there has to be water. Yeah. Yeah. This actually reminds me of the Sultan Sea. Did anyone, has anyone ever been to the Sultan Sea? No. Okay. I'm aware of it. Yeah. But I've not been there. Where's that at? It's like probably three hours east of Los Angeles. Okay. There used to be this like very happening resort. There was some sort of agricultural accident that rerouted the Colorado River and created this huge, huge, huge lake. And it became like this happening 1950s resort town where people would go from L.A. out there. Oh, yeah. And didn't it, did it get poisoned? It got like, yeah, it got like a, a bad algae bloom from agricultural runoff and it <sighs> killed all the fish. Mm-hmm. And so the it became like all fish skeletons and it's like all just like... And then, and then the town became abandoned because no one wanted to be there anymore because the you couldn't really swim and it was all just dead fish everywhere. So uh, it's like this abandoned resort town from the 50s that's sort of like a ghost town. Gross. And, uh, and it's like the beach is made of like fish skeletons. Wow. I have pictures mm-hmm. from it. I'll, we'll, uh, I will put that. You were there? Room. You went there? Yeah. yeah. I went there with Joseph and Jeffrey. <laughs> Was this for research for the show? Um, Joseph originally went there for research for Alice Isn't Dead, but we, uh, Joseph and Jeffrey and Jeffrey's wife Jillian and I were on vacation in the Palm Springs and we went on a day trip out to the Sultan Sea. Oh, hmm. fun. Is it crowded with people who show up to take pictures of it? Like it was now not it's not crowded. Um, there's actually like a bird sanction, like very important to birds. So, blood people are like birders who are there, but there wasn't, mm. it was just like, yeah, we were kind of like the only weirdos out there. Huh. There's like a visitor center. That's manned. A giant fish skeleton runs it. <laughs> Welcome. But there's nothing out there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome um, to the Southern Cities. <laughs> I used to be a carp. It's by Slab City, which is also a weird place out, out in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. Spooky-ooky. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I assume it was also very hot there. It was. It was. I think it was a bit windy the day we were there. But yeah, it's out in the middle of nowhere and uh, it was creepy. But it reminds me, Ash Peach reminds me of this. Mm. I was going to say at the top of the episode, but I was uh, accidentally ended the Zoom call with my headphones. So I, uh, <laughs> 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 I 
missed the first two minutes of this chat, but this episode blew my mind. Yeah. There was like so much. I was like all over, all, all over the deep dive on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that Sultan, that Sultan Sea sounds really spooky, but just as spooky as those things that come up out of the Ash Beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The things that come out of the Ash Beach that make you see a parallel universe. Yeah. All those memories. That's the, I mean, the, the figures are definitely creepy, but yeah. to me, what's even creepier is all of those like just being flooded with a memory of something that never happened, but it feels so real. Right. So rational mind tells you that it didn't have, like you could swear up and down like Wilson Levy or, or Levy. Uh, like I, I don't know anybody named Tanya, but I, I've never been married before, but the, it's that palpable having that palpable memory at the same time is really disturbing. Yeah, that I I imagine that that would be very disorienting. I've seen a lot of shows and movies where like someone gets like someone else's memories in their head or something like that, and it can really drive that would drive you crazy because like it's not just like the memory of the thing; it's everything that goes along with it, like how you felt, um, what the smells, the sights, the the senses of everything, and that is just overwhelming. And that ends up coming to a head at the end of this episode. But like, this was, I think, pretty disturbing overall. I don't think I'd want another person's memories inside my head. Do you? Oh no. Or another version of you, or another like parallel universe. You? I was shaking my head. I don't know why. I I've been podcasting for several years, and I chose. To answer you with a silent movement. We cannot hear your shakes. So just remember, kids, you, you never stop learning. <laughs> you know what? But it's it's hard how I get that because uh, we, uh, for those of you listeners at home that don't know this, we uh, are also on a, we can see each other visually um, mm-hmm. through our psychic powers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, our psychic Sorry. connection that we built over the last nine years or whatever. So <laughs> we... Uh, it's easier for us to be like, we're responding to each other with nods and we can see each other's facial expressions and Mm -hmm. make rude gestures at each other. (laughs) Would never. Like last episode. (laughs) Finger hut. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to finger hut. (laughs) But, um, But I do the same thing, Hal. You'll be making a point and I realize when I listen back to the episode that I'm like, Symphony, you can't... You can't hear that you're <laughs> vehemently agreeing with Hal here. And it just sounds like nobody's, everybody's like, anyway, Hal. <laughs> so it's utter silence. It's not the editing. <laughs> it feels like me at a party. I'm like, so everybody, blah, 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 right? And then just nothing. You just hear dead air. No. The, the, my greatest, my greatest enemy. Silence. <laughs> Please acknowledge what I said and how great it is. No, Hal, you're a, you're a doozy at a backstage, and <laughs> and I I I mean, our backstage isn't a party, but all the time. But like sometimes it feels like that because we're cracking jokes and being silly or whatever. Especially like right before the show starts, we're like goofy, goofy. It's that weird like frenetic energy that you're just like, I gotta get this out before I go on stage. You know? Yeah. It's also the when uh, when we're waiting for bows. Oh yeah, and like right at the end of the show, we have the like kind of church giggles because we have to be quiet because we're waiting in the wings. Yeah, but we're like <laughs> we're like let's go. And that's when we make up how what we're gonna do is the theme of our bows. <laughs> yeah, gosh, I miss that so much. What was the first one of those sports? 
yeah. I think was sports the first one? I think sports might have been the, the, one of the first ones. Yeah. Or it was like, maybe it was a dance. I think it was just like, basically, it was just like dance. Yeah, like do a dance with Something simple. Yeah. Or like 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing beats that. I love that. 70s. <laughs> 70s. And everybody's just like, do, 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 do. <laughs> and Cecil doesn't get to know the theme until like a moment before he has to but do it. But he's good on the spot. <laughs> he's good on the spot, that boy. Yeah. Um, anywho. So Wilson and Amber, this reoccurring couple. Yep. Mm-hmm. We hear more about that. I think this is the first time we find out that they were married. Because they, we first hear about them in street cleaning day, mm-hmm. and then, and then they're also in homecoming, and then they're also in the list. But I think this is the first time Whoa. we have them as the they're like they got married. They're also in the three more episodes to come. But yeah, uh, that's amazing. I did not know that. As you all know, my Swiss cheese brain prevents me from remembering specific details unless you tell yeah. me that you had an allergy one time to something. Well. The origins of Wilson and Amber is that they were they existed in Street Cleaning Day. Wilson proposes to Amber after they survive, and she turns him down. And then I think Jeffrey was like, kind of forgot about them and was like, "What if I wrote about them again?" And he so he wrote about them again forty episodes later <laughs> in Homecoming. This is the greatest thing about Night Vale is that you could not hear from a character for like. 30, 40 episodes, and you're like, you'll think about them randomly, and you'll be like, ah, oh, gosh, I wonder whatever happened to them, and then they'll pop up again. It's lovely. Well, it's that whole, it's a whole town, right? So there's always, yeah. you only ever really, I mean, sometimes you hear about the whole, like, something that affects the whole town. Generally, there's like a big event or something, but you don't hear about the individuals that you sort right. of come and go out of, the, out of their lives, you know, by and large. Right. And this episode has a lot of that. There's like, there's Simone Rigado, there's John Peters, there's, yeah. you know, we're like, yeah, we get like a lot of sort of where are they, when are they with this. Francis Donaldson, Tristan Cortez, those sort of like subtle, subtle characters we hear a lot about. We hear like their like sort of bits. I actually love those yeah. bit characters though. That That I find that compelling and it helps to round out the world that it's not just these like archetype characters and then everybody else is just like a red shirt or whatever it makes me think of did you ever see that show how i met your mother Mm -hmm. i've seen an episode of it yes okay i i didn't really watch that show very much but i i i know of it do you know what i mean like you like i know it exists i know who's in that show like whatever apparently there's a whole like easter egg thing in there it, they're always in this like bar or restaurant bar thing. And mm. if in the background, there's this couple, you see their first date and like all through their relationship, every time they're like in this bar or whatever. And then you see him like propose to the girl and all this stuff. And like, so it's like, they're, it's like, that is our, our, our background people. It's our Wilson and Amber. Oh. Our, that's our Wilson and Amber. And I love it. That's so great. I'm here yeah. for it. It's also like this. The Simpsons. Uh, Simpsons does that too, where you know you can find these posters. That's every citizen of 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 Springfield that you've met, and it's gigantic. It's all of these characters, and some of them are are one line jokes, and some of them have recurred, and you get them fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah. But it adds to the rich, richness of of that world of a fictional world when. You know, I mean, how many people – we don't even know what the overall population in Night Vale is. And that's right. sort of the beauty of it is you can keep meeting characters 
until the cows come home. And then the cows will be characters and you can have all of their different foibles and relationships and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Wasn't there a, a part, a time when if you were at a certain level on the Patreon, like you got to be a character, like you got to put every name, be a character? Yeah. I th- you could also just, yeah, I think you get to have anyone's name be a character at a certain level of the Patreon. So oh. if you wanted like a friend, you could be like, I want there to be a character called Symphony. Oh, yeah. what if I did that? Would that be like, <laughs> <laughs> what if I got that for myself? Like, that'd be so weird. What if we, let's get it for each other. <laughs> let's each do oh, it. Oh, that then, sounds really fun. Yeah, that's, that's our secret Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's quite the parallel universe. I know. I would love that. That would be so funny. What would what would each of us do in Night Vale? You know? You'd be working at Big Rico's, right, Meg? I'd love that. I'd love to be like the pizza girl, like the behind the counter pizza girl who's like on the phone and is like box, make, making boxes and then like doing the cash register and like putting the throwing slices and yelling at people. Pizza girls are incredible. Pizza girls. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous <laughs> girls love pizza. Speaking of uh, Dark Owl Records, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Wait, is his album called Beyonce? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I was like, did I mishear that? And I was like, Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> Beyonce. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I like that it's like instrumental covers of Leonard Cohen. It's so bizarre. Like all three of those. It's a really yes. fun, a really fun layered musical joke. <laughs> And then he just speaks the chords, like the names of the chords. Yeah. <laughs> C, G, F sharp. Did, did all suburban couples have to have a Stevie Ray Vaughan album in the 80s? That feels like that was a prerequisite. It couldn't have been just my parents. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I know who Stevie Ray Vaughan is. He's a well-known guitar player. I've heard the name. Yeah. I just don't know. Like, do I know a song? I didn't look this up. See, this is the great thing about the internet. I don't have to look anything Let's up. Let's see. Wait, I want to see if I can... No, I want you to just sing it to Let's me. Uh, pride and joy. Yeah, I know. Mostly he's a guitar. Yeah. Doesn't really. Oh, okay. Guitar for anybody I know or just, oh, it's just instrumental guitar. He, he was the main attraction. He was the main attraction of, of his. Pride and joy is probably his biggest song. Yeah. It's his pride and, and joy. Like, <laughs> well, that's okay. I, he has a Beyonce album, so that's all I care about. <laughs> that's all Leonard Cohen <laughs> instrumentals. That's, that's, <laughs> so, it's such a dark owl joke. It's so weird. It feels like a very, like, you have yeah, to. Yeah, because that's the most obscure, like, random yeah. thing. You have to build the picture in your head of what it is. <laughs> and then the NRA is having, like, a convention, right, where they're going to sell guns. And rifles, and then mm-hmm. it's a gun show. It's yeah, it's this is a gun oh, show. Wow, I'm showing them my muscles. Nice, I'm showing them my muscles. <laughs> Sun's out. <laughs> you guys want two tickets? Yeah, you want two tickets? Gonna need them to the gun show. I like to teach little <laughs> children that joke. I'm gonna go, I'm like, go, go ask your parents if they if they want two tickets, and when they say what for, you show them your muscles and you say the gun show. <laughs> they think it's hilarious. <laughs> It's very funny. But not this gun show. This gun show is not hilarious. Although I did find it funny that they were like, that 
the guys really went hard on this. I mean, I know we already know their feelings on guns and whatnot, but it's just like if you needed clarification <laughs> that the government should even question your gun ownership, like here it is, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's the it's from the classic canon of guns don't kill people. Yeah. Which this to me is just such a classic mm-hmm. Jeffrey episode because there's the. Jeffrey loves to make the, the those the the NRA jokes. He really sure. likes to skewer the NRA. There's Wilson and Amber. There's he likes to always check in with Michelle at Dark Owl. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's like it's just kind of a classic classic Jeffrey to me. And then we yeah we sort of go back to the 1983 like Death Bowman stuff, which is just yeah yeah all Jeffrey all day. <laughs> NRA joke, Ash Beach. It's burning their skin. Yeah. Humanoids. We go into Wilson and Amber stuff. And then the, I love how the Wilson and Amber stuff ends because it's like they're all just, they get really sad. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just like, like at this horrible beach on this vacation and they're just, both of them are just really sad. It's just like such a beautiful picture of the like, we had a really sad time on our vacation. But they're sad and rubbing like, like sunscreen. On. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's Wilson brushed Amber's cheek and she kissed his wrists. They both cried quietly as they laid out some small shovels and buckets, rubbed UV protective lotion on their arms, unfolded beach chairs, and erected a large umbrella. Just like quietly crying at the beach, which is just such a great image of just like... Doing the beach business. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is traumatized. Uh, we get an update on Hadassah mm-hmm. and the dragons. I know. Speaking of speaking of burning people, but they're done doing that because they're off doing God knows what. But then the reference also, this is oh, a yeah. Jeffrey thing, obviously, the thing about the spider. Um, also, when that happens to me, if I have see a spider and then the spi- I turn around to like grab a thing to smack the spider with mm-hmm. and it's gone. Oh, no one's getting any sleep tonight. Yeah. It's a sleepless night right Not there. on tonight. I'm burning this whole house down. Or there's one like in the shower. Mm. Oh, no. You have to close your eyes to like wash your face or rinse out your the hair or whatever. And then like you open your eyes again. You're like, okay, it's still mm, there. Mm-mm. It's not. Let the eyes burn. Deal with oh, it. Oh, no. If I am also nude, yeah. no. You're getting splashed with water or sprayed with some sort of uh, leave-in conditioner. Can't have it. <laughs> yeah. Girl. Oops. No. There's business to do. I don't play like that. You've invaded my home. I'll treat you like a home invader. You'll get sprayed in the face. It happens frequently sometimes at the outdoor shower. Mm. What outdoor shower? At the beach. Oh, oh yeah, because they hang out. They, they build in, like, the corner of the stall or wherever, like, near it. That's, like, a good yeah. spider condo. What? So I'm like, I'm not inside. <laughs> so it's, like, technically I'm on your turf. <laughs> that's so. That's fair, Meg. No, I think that's, that's totally fair because it's outside. But I'm talking about, like, Inside, inside? No, no. You will. I'll be damned. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't. I don't care whose space it is. If it's, if you come into my personal bubble, that personal space. Oh, you. I, it's that is. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Grounds for termination. Sorry, Spider. I'm not going to trap you in a cup and release you into the wild. I'm just not going to do it. It's not happening. I let the spiders hang. I do, except. With the baby, I'm a little bit more mm-hmm. ruthless because I'm like, I don't want That's right. you near my baby. Mama bear. Like, I can I can handle you, but but she's, yeah, very small. <laughs> she's a baby. 
<laughs> anyway, so you know who's no, not a baby? Yes, yes, she Old is. Oh, she's, she's the, the opposite, opposite of a baby. baby. It's very sad. And Cecil breaking the rules and being like, I don't care. I'm admitting that there's angels. That's so sweet. I felt really, I mean, at that point, you're just desperate for like something, but like it's, I feel sad for old woman Josie, but like, I like that, that he brought in this memory of the opera house and like when she was truly happy again and truly happy and all that stuff. And oh, yeah. so sad. It's happening soon, but it didn't even happen this episode. It's been drug out for so long and it's just like yeah. really painful. They are really, really trying to get this one out. I feel like she's dying longer than she lived. It's almost become a Monty Python bit. I'm like, oh, I'm still alive. Not dead, Not yet. dead yet. Yes. Are they having to pull through? Is that? <laughs> and her daughter was like, about the flowers, like, please stop bringing flowers. I get that. I The amount of friggin' flowers I had was, people were sending me flowers and I didn't even have any notification. It, and these flowers die in like three seconds. They die in three seconds. Is, she, is the smell because of bee vomit? Is that what it is? Is that what we're, because he's like, you know what the smell is due to. Oh, yeah. it was like manure and dirt and like seeds and yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. I mean, that's the whole everything that goes into making a flower. Mm-hmm. It's just like she like can somehow smell the components of it. But I'm like, yeah, it's I I like flowers, okay. But like, I actually appreciate people got me plants. Mm-hmm. I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they last longer. Something alive, you know. Don't get me wrong. I I love I love flowers. I think they're beautiful. But there's only so many vases, you know, yeah. that you have in your house. Flowers are fleeting. Yeah. Ultimately, they're fleeting yeah. things. Yeah, you have them for like a week. Yeah. If once they turn, yeah, ugh, stinks. Oh yeah, and then that sickly smell of like yeah, know, water gets milky, they're like rotting. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I know. Well, <laughs> who's changing out the water? Like the flower. Girl, get out of here. Mm-mm. You're tossing those in the garbage. And then I turn into a weird witch and I'm like, if they're good flowers, I'm like, oh, I'll dry some of them. No, you're not going to. I'll make a potpourri. Uh, yeah. Who, who are you? Uh, Sarah Plain and Tall. Get out of here. Sarah Plain and Tall. <laughs> a pioneer woman. Hey, Ree Drummond. Why don't you get away from <laughs> She would. Marie Drummond would do that. She would. Hey, she while would. I put this three pounds of butter in with the corned beef, I'm going to hang some of these wildflowers upside <laughs> down in my in the tobacco house, tobacco smoke cut. How many kids does that woman have? Like five, four? She has four kids. And then I think she has like an adopted kid too. Okay. And then so. that husband who's a farmer. Lad. He's a rancher. Lad. Yeah. We have a 900 acre farm. They- Lad Drummond. The Drum- the Drummonds are yeah. one of the largest landowners in the country. Wow, really? So yeah. I think they're like the they own the fourteen most they're number fourteen as far as land owners go. I wow. Last I checked. I used to be a city girl, but now I put heavy cream in every meal. I'm Ree Drummond. <laughs> they own a ranch. I think it's the size of Connecticut. And we just bought Connecticut too. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm gonna turn New Haven into my test kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I like the Pioneer Woman. What can I say? Yeah, she's all right. The woman knows how to cook. She's on the Food Network. She is. I like the Food I Network. I also like the Food Network. I, I I mean, a lot of those people are weird or slightly problematic, but I, I don't know. It's comforting somehow to watch people to go in their, inside their home. You know who I like? Trisha. Mm. Trisha Yearwood? Yeah. Yeah. Trisha's other kitchen. And I was like, okay, girl. 
She's like a not not, not racist Paula Dean. Yeah. And she can sing. <laughs> she can sing. And she's married to Garth Brooks, and I forgot about that. Oh. I keep forgetting until she mentions it every third episode. Yeah. He's never on the show. No. He's not that kind of type of guy, though. No, it doesn't have to be. I watch all the home shows, and my new favorite is is uh, Nate and Jeremiah Save My House with Nate Burkus and his husband, Jeremiah, who are both interior designers. Oh. Come in and help people finish it like they've got – they've. They've renovated themselves into a corner where, like, stuff is undone or things are unsafe. And they come in and stretch their budget, do stuff. But they are the cutest because so fun to watch them interact with one another. And and they do amazing work, but it's the it's you know like every if you take the personalities show every every single one's the same. Here are your shaker cabinets and your quartz countertops and your floating shelves and here's an island. But the people make a right. you know you want the the people people make a difference. Just like with Food Network, you have your favorites, yeah, and they all they'll all make different takes on the same types of meals, or a lot of times they will. Feels like to me. Which I'm here for. Yeah. I would love to learn 12 different ways to cook whatever it is. But you fall in love with the personality. It's the people. And hopefully you get a few tips along the mm-hmm. way. You learn something. You know? And we definitely learned something in this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like my segue baby. Get us right back on track. That's right. 1983, babes. It's when the world ended. And that is freaky deaky. Like that, speaking of those memories, that training drill thing, that was actually really scary. Like the friggin' hunto car, every time there's like an issue, that deer face bitch is up in there acting the fool. I don't like it. We're coming yes. to a time where we'll know more about hunto car. So we're like kind of building up to that. They're sort of dropping the, mm-hmm. continuing to drop the hunto car breadcrumbs. And this is a pretty solid piece of bread that got dropped in this one. Oh, scared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the different alternate realities. I wanted to just make sure we mentioned the Tristan Cortez alternate reality where <laughs> he's being lost <laughs> in the wilderness with the golden retriever and their friends, and they're joined by a Himalayan cat, and they're all <laughs> homeward bound. Oh, yeah. Did yes. anyone else grab that? It's just uh, the movie. Yeah. The movie, Homeward Bound. For those of you who, I don't know, most of you. Who did not were not children when Homeward Bound was out? Sassy and Shadow. It's a movie. Sassy played voiced by Sally yes. Field, and then yep. Shadow was yep. was it yep. Donna Michi? and then Michael J. Fox was was um, the little bull terrier, right? Mm-hmm. Puppy, Ch- Chance, Chance, Shadow, and Lucky, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Chance, Shadow. That's what I used to be. That was my impression yeah. when I was a kid. Shadow, oh. come on, Chance. <laughs> Gosh, homeward bound. Gosh, you know, and uh, what do they call it? anamorphic or anthropomorphic? When they, right when you change anthropomorphic. Yeah, when you anthropomorphize animals like that, it freaks yeah. me out in a way. And I don't generally like movies like that, but that one was like because mm-hmm. it was that one, and then Milo and Otis, right? And um, Airbud. There were there. That was a time of a lot of movies where Wishbone? animals had like voices. Yeah. Look, look who's talking or now. Like anthropomorphized Benji. What the heck? Beethoven. Beethoven. Beethoven second. Beethoven the second. Yeah, they, they don't anthropomorphize them in those movies, though. You just hear their thoughts. Yeah, like Garfield style. You hear their thoughts. No, but they are sassy. Yeah. 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 They don't make their mouths move, which is great. If you make their mouths move, it's a mount on that. It's like, or who, look who's talking. 
That was the one with the babies. And the, did they make the 101 Dalmatians? No, I saw the the live action 101 Dalmatians movie. I've seen it. I saw Cruella. Was close? Yeah, I saw it. And I don't remember. I, in my memory, the animals don't talk at all. I don't think they do. They went the other way where they didn't anthropomorphize them, but they also didn't have them speak at all. That's my memory. And I, it made me so sad because I love 101 Dalmatians. And I, I love it specifically because you get to hear all the – like the – the cartoon. The Sergeant Tibbs, the horse and the cat and the and the sheep. The old sheep dog. <laughs> like the whole midnight bark. Like it feels like that stuff is sort of left behind. And that's the whole charm of the movie. Glenn Close is great in it. Yeah. And so is Emma Stone. She was a great Cruella de Vil also. They made it more about Cruella de Vil mm-hmm. than about the actual Dalmatians themselves and their relationship chip to what was happening to them like in that in the mm-hmm. cartoon Cruella DeVille was just like the baddie like but they made the story basically like about Cruella DeVille mm-hmm. and like in both of those movies obviously trying to skin dogs and make them into a jacket <laughs> she's the worst villain anyway 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 anyway. <laughs> anyway but as we come to the end of this episode the the final like sentence was like very powerful for me I don't know if we are real, but we are alive. We are tangible, feeling, and whole. That's a good thing to remember. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people will be like, are we in a simulation? And I'm like, I don't know. I I don't know. But right now I'm alive and I am tangible and I'm feeling and whole. So it is <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Up next, we hear from fans and friends of the podcast. But first, mm. a conversation about this episode's weather, which was faded by POS. Okay. (laughs) I was wondering if it is possible to be sexually attracted to a song. I think the answer is yes, (laughs) judging by what you're asking. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm like, I I was like, oh. Is that that happened? Very much. No. I enjoy this song. I I believe we addressed this the last time POS was the winner. Yeah, this is... I'm making a... I'm Wait, making, really? Oh, Swiss cheese. Here goes Swiss cheese brain. I'm making a face. Grimace emoji. Wait. Oh, no! Oh, come on, man. Okay. I like the song. I take it back. No, it's okay. It's we, we, Listen, we can separate art from artist, but we... I can't. <laughs> but we can... That sucks. Yeah. Anyway... Okay. They're a bad person. There was the questionable. Well, the, their Wikipedia page ends with them leaving the music industry. So, okay, mm. great. Well, and that seems to be a happy ending. Stepping away from music relative to like what it would have meant for that to go on. Yes, no longer welcome in music or stepping away. No longer welcome, kind of anywhere. Anyway, uh, <laughs> boo. Yes. We can move. We can move right. It's a, hey. It's a cool song. I'll, you know, POS is a Good rapper. Doomtree. Great band. Good collective, yeah. That's a good yeah. Lots of incredibly talented mm-hmm. genius people in that group. Right. So we can say those things. And then we can move on. Point, point, point. Into the fan zone, Cal Zone. Beep, 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 beep. Stay right there. Good morning, Nightfell will return after a brief break. First up in the cow zone, we have an 
in an email entitled, Someone Captured a Photo of Kashak, Rika writes, and for the record, here are two components of my headcanon. One, Night Vale equals Area 51 slash closest housing for Area 51 personnel. Post-nuclear tests, accidents performed in 1983, altered residents' DNA, creating a permanent wormhole slash time warp, and forced the entire city into permanent quarantine. That's why no one can ever really leave. The exposure to unknown mutation driven from radioactivity and possible alien contamination due to proximity to testing of UFO and their pilot's biology. Whoa. Two. Man in the tan jacket is Beelzebub, or in Hebrew, the Lord of the Flies. I don't know how to say it in Hebrew. Can you? I I, I know it's Bells. Uh, Bell. Uh, no. Nope. Okay. Not great. anymore. I can I can sort of make out the letters. Thank you, Hebrew school when I was a kid. Ding. <laughs> Rika continues, he's a demonic messenger representing the underworld. He's a harbinger of death and destruction. It's painfully obvious he masters the flies in his case. Love the show. Hopeful voiceover artist, Rika Mendez. Rika, wow, your first headcanon. That's a lot of thinking for my brain. But yeah, sure, why not? That's wild. I wonder, though, whether... Like, I understand, I get it. Like, they're, like, stuck in Night Vale and, like, they alter the D- the the DNA and stuff like that and they're in a wormhole. But why don't they, like, remember that? Like, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Anyway, um, and then the man in the tan jacket is Beelzebub. Well, possibly. Mass Lord of the Flies. Spooky. <laughs> scary. They also said, love you guys. And then they sent us a picture. Thank God for hooded photographers. And it's <laughs> this cat. You'll probably see it on our Patreon if you are a member. <laughs> but it's very cute. Oh, it's a kitty floating. He floating. Kashuk in a football field. It's Kashuk. Of some sort. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> woo, woo. I just picture the cat going, woo. Anyway. <laughs> woo. Aaron writes to us, hello, Symphony, Meg, and Hal. I hope you are all doing well, and I'm really excited to see you in the live stream of Sandstorm. Awesome. We did that. You saw it. I'm writing with a theory about the Ericas. When Bank of America implemented their virtual assistant, it immediately reminded me of Night Vale because the bot is named Erica with a C. I like to think that the angels somehow left Night Vale and ended up working for Bank of America. That's why the Bank of America, Erica, is not very helpful because the angels don't know very much about banking. And the reason they changed the spelling from Erica with a K to Erica with a C is a thin attempt to maintain their secrecy. Keep on keeping on. I'm sending you and the Night Vale fam so much love. These podcasts always brighten my day. Love, Aaron. P.S. I had a calzone for dinner tonight. Yeah. It was delicious. Yes. Yeah. Because angels exist. Cecil said it. You know, it's been a while, and every time we record, APL is never far from my mind. And she's back, the anonymous poop lady who writes, Hi, Meg, Symphony, and Hal. I was thinking I needed to write in when Hal mentioned the tortoise slash watermelon thing. But then I got a shout out in the fan zone, so I actually opened up my email instead of just vaguely putting it off. Here's some thoughts. Number one. The run of episodes from Toast to Matryoshka are some of my absolute favorites. I love guidelines for disposal, especially the bit about the condoms on the checkout line. Since you probably haven't recorded it yet... 
What the fuck is up with the Smithwick house? <laughs> do you want to answer these? Do you want to go point at a time? Smithwick house, Smithwick house, anybody? We haven't gotten there yet in the show. So. Well, well, we'll find out soon enough. You're right. We haven't recorded it yet, so cannot answer that. Number two, how? Having lived with tortoises, let me tell you, they freak the fuck out about fruit. It's difficult for turtles to show emotion, but the ones I lived with would run at full speed for a tortoise to get strawberries or melon or grapes. I'm convinced they enjoy it. <laughs> also, I feel like I may have sent a similar link in a previous email, but have you ever seen slash heard a tortoise having sex? It's the funniest noise in the world. Here's some little guys and some bigger guys. Here's the sound of the little guys. <laughs> and let's compare that with the sound of the bigger guys. Yes. And if you're imagining that those sounds are slightly unsettling, you have not watched the videos yet, which really <laughs> take it to another level. Because I'm thinking there's no way uh, that there's any kind of docking <laughs> happening there. Number three, Meg, I'm vaguely sorry if I've already sent you tortoise sex videos before. I don't know. Do you have a thing going on with the with APL where you're getting <laughs> cool, hyper cool insider kid content that we're not getting? Okay. She's sliding into your DMs yeah. like, check this one out. Nasty. <laughs> the one with the the one with the little. We have to put the link in because the one with the little. There's a part where it pans down that's so good. It feels like <laughs> it's like World War Two. Like all the young GIs that are like, hey, and then like uh, like they all are visiting a woman on their day, and she's like. She's like, all right, next. All right, honey, next. That's what I get from – that's the energy I get from the smaller one. You know what I'm talking about, Symphony? <laughs> yes. Please. Number four. I refuse to watch these. So. Symphony, right there with you with the pandas. So overrated and boring. Wow. Panda shade continuing. No, We are no <laughs> friends to the panda. Number five, I totally remember catalogs. I miss the giant ones from the department stores. J.C. Penney's was my favorite. But my grandma had so many old people catalogs like Finger Hut. Finger Hut! Finger Hut! They had so many weird little gizmos and gadgets in with the compression <laughs> stockings and granny <laughs> nightgowns. I could spend hours yes. perusing those catalogs when I was a tween. Yes. Number six. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, no poop updates, but I was proud of you for getting oh through an entire God. episode with no mention of colon hydrotherapy. I love Congrats. it. Congrats. The streak is broken. You can, oh, no. you, you know what? You can try to censor it all you want by putting asterisks instead of uh, in the place of the vowels, but I will say colon hydrotherapy. And I still have a lot of questions. Number seven, my Night Vale Valentine would be Jackie Fierro. Very nice. Oh, good. Good choice. Oh. Much love to all three of you. I'm hoping to see you in March for the DC show. I really hope you can get back to touring safely since I know you've missed it. Your, yours in poop, and I added that part, a non-poop lady, APL. Thank you, APL. Appreciate you checking in every once in a while. Maybe next time you could just add a random poop fact. Just throwing it in there. Do whatever you want, though. That does it for this episode of Good Morning Night Vale. Next episode will be the hierarchy of angels. Until then, good morning, Night Vale. Good morning. Good Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Meg Bashwinner, and Hal Lublin. It is edited by Felicia Dominguez and mixed by Vincent Cascione. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner. Theme music by Disparition. 
Special thanks to our fans who submitted their thoughts this week. Leave us a voicemail at 929-277-2050 or email us at info at goodmorningnightvale.com to share your theories and ask questions or to let us know if you were alive during 1983. This show is powered by our patrons like Robert Nielsen, Rachel Borofsky, Paul Waper, Nikki Webb, and New Anon 96. If you are interested in supporting this show in exchange for lots of fun, exclusive, insider, hyper cool kid content, like a picture of Kashik submitted by Rika, check us out at patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. For more info on this show, go to goodmorningnightvale.com and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Nightvale Chat. Special thanks to Joella Knapp, Jeffrey Craner, and Joseph Fink. The churro slash calzone ingredient of the week is peanuts, sugar, coconut, and a trip to the emergency dentist yet again. Hey y'all, it's Jeffrey Craner. So I do another fiction podcast called Within the Wires, which are stories told through the guise of found audio. Each season is a separate tale. You want a prison escape told through relaxation tapes? That's season one. Want a love story that unfurls through voice messages only? Season five. How about the revelations of an unexplained death told through a series of museum audio guides? Season two. There are seven seasons of Within the Wires for you to binge right now, each only 10 episodes long. So go get Within the Wires wherever you get your podcasts.